0: Criminal justice reform does not mean letting people out of jail. It
1: means holding them accountable and putting them in jail. When you don't solve a cold case, you leave the the perpetrator on the street.
2: Has she left like this before? That's
1: what
3: that's And
2: it's not common for her to be gone like oh, yeah. late at night? That yeah,
3: was not especially since my daughter got out of house. Jessica wasn't just trash that was thrown away. And the
4: fact that you have no idea what's going on is absurd. So I put in there, you know, I'm like Would you think I would hurt her or something?
1: The mayor has asked the Federal Justice Department for help, cleaning up the New Orleans police, long plagued by what many see as a culture of corruption.
5: Why did the family find her fucking body and not the police?
6: You don't care enough to make sure that you have the right person
1: in the crosshairs of the legal justice system, then you are ignoring evidence and you're ignoring the person that caused the real harm. Well, I don't want to be sexist. Women tend to do that, in, you know, least to me, I put it that
2: way. I mean, so close to home, too. Like, what an utter failure.
0: This tells you that this can happen to anybody. Nobody is immune
1: from crime.
5: Justice to me is being in a courtroom, and the person who did this to my sister,
6: the judge says guilty.
2: on today's episode of Mile Higher.
7: And I am not joined by my lovely co-host, per usual. Came out of a swamp somewhere. But who are you? I'm Austin, that's my name. Today we're talking about John Edmonds, former owner of Stardust Ranch.
0: So we got crazy man with machete. We got people who are clearly scared of the property.
7: We have a brothel that's being run. But it's actually a right wing extremist, extremist group. group yeah. So yeah, things uh, just only get crazier from here because uh, we got exorcisms going on at the ranch. And now we've got full on levitations. Yeah. Have you ever heard another story I where aliens hiss? I have not heard another story of gray aliens hissing. This is when they started thinking that this
0: ranch might have been some sort of dimensional
7: portal sounds like a portal to hell if you ask me Honestly, straight yeah. to hell she's clearly like envisioning this in her head he's like so how close is the alien to you when you're hitting them i love that he stocks up on firearms but he's like but this baseball, baseball bat, bat. <laughs> yeah. lots of digest there yeah that's i'm a dumbfounded seri- that's a serious crime <laughs> like hey what's up everybody welcome back to mile higher episode 278 and i am not joined by my lovely co-host per usual kendall ray unless you want to be kendall ray today you know what yeah we can get married <laughs> i'm gonna get full custody of holly <laughs> don't even say that man
6: <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> don't i joke came about hot,
7: that. came in hot today i came in hot But as you can hear, and for those that are watching, you can see that Kendall is clearly not here today. This is the week of Thanksgiving, so she's busy at work trying to get her usual video filmed. Uh, So she's not joining us today. And then Janelle's actually in uh, another state visiting family. So both of them are are gone today. So it's just me and whoever this guy is. (sighs) I don't even know God. where where he came from, but he came out of a swamp somewhere. But who are you?
0: I'm Austin. That's my name. Uh, I'm over from Lights Out podcast. If, uh, if you never checked that podcast out, head over that way.
7: Well, after this this episode, of yeah, of course, yeah. But yeah, I mean, most of you know who Austin is. You know, he a lot of you watch Lights Out, watch Mile Higher, so you know, you already know who he is. But for those that don't, um, yeah, this is my co-host on Lights Out, and today we're doing a very interesting fusion of lights out and mile higher for you. And we have a very, very interesting episode which I'm very excited to get get into. But before I talk a little bit about that, I wanted to welcome back Julia. Julia is back with us. Woo! So happy to have you back. I know many of you out there are thrilled to see her back as well. So, the gang is back. And we have Corelli also. I'm also helping out. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just kind of got everybody, whoever was here today to come help out with the show today. It's a
0: smorgasbord of Mile Higher Media here.
7: There
6: you you
2: go. That has been the word for the week. (laughs) Smorgasbord. Yeah. Nice.
7: Oh, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love it.
2: If you watch the Sash, you'll know.
7: That's true. Yeah, which I was on the sesh this week, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. I'm jealous because I really, actually, really want to be on the sesh. They should have you on. They should. They should have you on. Take note. So a lot of crossover going on among all the shows this week, which is just very fun. And hopefully you're going to enjoy this particular episode because today we're talking about a man by the name of John Edmonds. And this guy is a conspiracy-loving alien slang former owner of Stardust Ranch. Now, Stardust Ranch is similar in the fact that there's been a lot of very crazy paranormal activity reported, similar to Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. We'll let you be the judge on whether or not you think it's quite as credible as Skinwalker Ranch is, or perhaps it's even crazier. Did
0: they ever get to the bottom of Skinwalker Ranch?
7: No, they're still investigating it. Because I know the show that's still going. The
0: series, yeah. I'm like, is this ever going to end?
7: But with Skinwalker Ranch, there's been a lot, I mean, they have tons of equipment and stuff they've been able to determine. There's definitely some anomalies going on there. They definitely have captured a lot of paranormal activity, but there's there's also like a geological anomaly going yeah, on there. isn't it There's a massive like metal
0: shaft or something way underneath I don't property, know if they've even like figured that? out what it is, but okay. there's
7: something deep in the ground that's giving off of like radioactive energy um, and electromagnetic energy, so. They're still trying to figure out what it is. Gotcha. Um, they haven't dug and found it yet, but this one's a little bit different, though. We've got a lot of aliens running around this particular ranch, and uh, it's, uh, I mean, we're entering Sherry Shriner, or Sheratory, <laughs> which if you remember that episode, man, that was a crazy one, too, and there's definitely some parallels to, to draw between Sherry Shriner and, and Mr. John Edmonds. But uh, I'm very excited to get into this episode, and I'm excited to have this new, new crew, new dynamic we got going on here yeah. today. I'm obsessed with these swivel chairs. Yeah, they're nice,
0: right? I'm addicted to it. Really I'm nice swiveling. I'm I'm always in that big ass. Yeah, static we usually sit our
7: world's most uncomfortable throne <laughs> yeah, chairs, right. on the lights out set. So. But they look sweet, right? So, yeah. Shall we get into it? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So jumping right in, let's talk about John Edmonds a little bit. So John Edmonds was born in April of 1959, and he was raised in a, he says, a bad neighborhood of Evanston, Illinois. Julia's from Illinois, and you were talking to me a little bit about is this area kind of known as a bad area?
8: Look, I don't know how it was in the 50s, but from everything I know now, I can't think of a single part of Evanston, Illinois that I consider to be anywhere near a bad neighborhood especially with chicago being right there for comparison so it's it's definitely not like the rough and tumble i mean maybe it was way way different back then but um pretty much the opposite of a dangerous neighborhood interesting is what i think of when i think of evanston so. i know
7: i googled it was looking at, on google earth at it and i was like oh, that looks pretty nice like, yeah that's kind of how i felt when i moved to
0: denver people were like oh it's terrible here that's i'm like i'm from detroit this is fine yeah (laughs) it's not detroit we
7: don't have any neighborhoods like some of the neighborhoods in detroit it's
0: pretty rough but still love detroit
8: though evanston's like a suburb too it's not even it's close to the city it's like bordering the city but it's a suburb it's like where northwestern is the school
0: okay gotcha
7: so it's interesting that he calls it a bad neighborhood because i I think he kind of attributes some of the things that he went through early on in his life to kind of where he ends up but in his, in his youth, he frequently visited his grandfather, who was a Cherokee man living in the woods of rural Arkansas. John ended up going to college and studying to be a psychiatric counselor, which is honestly very ironic in this, this whole thing, especially uh, with his future experiences. But in his 30s, he decided to pack up and move to Phoenix, Arizona to open up his own practice. In Phoenix, he met a woman named Joyce, and the two of them got married, and you know, for a while, they are in that honeymoon phase. Life was good. They're living living large. But by the mid-90s, John was ready for something new. All those visits to his grandfather's farm as a kid had instilled this love of nature and you know, wanting to kind of get out there and do his own thing. And so he was like, you know what? I'm done with the busy city life. Let's go out and look for a ranch to buy. So he and Joyce really wanted to buy a ranch because they wanted to raise horses. And the land that they were going to buy needed to be at least 10 acres. Cause I mean I, I can't remember what the the comparison is. I wanna say it's like a horse. You you need like 10 acres per horse usually is what I've heard. Really? Um. So 10 acres for multiple horses is not all that much land, but you can do it. I mean, I used to live in a neighborhood where people had like two acres and they would have like multiple horses on two acres, which is really not, you need a lot of land to let your horses you know, graze and roam and stuff like that. that makes I sense. think
8: it's like two or four acres.
7: Is it two or four, four acres had, per horse?
8: Yeah. I think it's something like that. Cause there was a lot of people that owned horses where I grew up. Like we had three horses and we had like 11 or 12 acres.
7: Oh, you so. know what I'm thinking of? I think I'm, i um, referencing cattle because cattle is yes, a little cattle, bit. Yes. With cattle, cattle need more.
2: Yes. Because I grew up on a farm and we had horses and cows and everything. And, um, I mean, we have a, we have a pretty big plot of land, um and we have it we had I mean not anymore we had a few probably like one hundred and hundred and fifty cows at one time oh wow so yeah you need a um, lot of yeah no but we had we had quite a, I don't want to say like exactly how much acres we have because it's it's quite a bit um but yeah I know that with cows it's definitely a lot more horses um I think two I, two acres is sufficient for a horse because as long yeah. as they're like getting the exercise and running around they're fine but cattle's graze right so they need more space area to to graze around
7: okay so I wasn't completely off but I knew it was either cattle or horses so you know they were gonna go try to find this ranch but they didn't have a ton of money so their realtor pointed them in the direction of Rainbow Valley so Rainbow Valley was an unincorporated underdeveloped area outside of Buckeye which is west of Phoenix and the location was affordable and could give the Edmonds the space that they needed and their realtor was able to find them what seemed to be their dream property. This dream property was a 9.67-acre ranch on Tudhill Road with a spacious five-bedroom, three-bath house that was perfect for entertaining. John was already imagining the possibilities that he could do there, horseback riding lessons, and animal rescue, which is what he really wanted. And, and John is absolutely an animal lover. Like, he had all, all kinds of dogs. He had like a parrot. I mean, horses, you name it. He was into the animals for sure. John was full of ideas for how he could turn the property into a solid revenue stream for himself. And all these years working in counseling had really burnt him out, and he was looking for that new start. The realtor explained that the homeowners used the spot as a vacation house, and the interior, because it was a vacation house, was well decorated and still fully furnished with nice leather couches and beautiful rugs. The place was built in the past 15 or 20 years, so still you know fairly new for a house, and it had an in-ground pool, a large horse stable, but most of all, it had solitude. And it had a surprisingly cheap asking price, as John couldn't believe his luck, but he was kind of like suspicious, but he's like, well, why is it so cheap, right? Like, what's the catch? But Joyce didn't match John's excitement at all. The first visit left her with a bad feeling. The vibes at the ranch were just off, and it gave her, an, you know, just kind of the chills, you know, she just kind of felt like something was was wrong. The couple had a lot of long discussions and John just couldn't understand why Joyce wouldn't want to move there. Joyce meanwhile was still working at the Phoenix FBI office in a clerical position and it would be a long commute for her from Rainbow Valley all the way into Phoenix and she still just was like vibes are off here not into this place. But in the end John was able to, you know, convince her to get the place and John paid cash for it and it basically drained his life savings to purchase the property and he and Joyce signed the contract, they got the keys, and they began their moving. The year was 1996, and John was 37 years old. He and Joyce had been married for a few years, and they had their whole lives ahead of them. This new ranch was still unnamed, and was supposed to make all their dreams come true, but John had no idea that Joyce's intuition about the place was so terribly accurate. And they wouldn't find out until later, but the first sign of trouble came a month after they bought the house. A few days after they got the keys, they packed up their belongings and headed for the ranch, full of excitement. Joyce was still not entirely comfortable with the whole move, but she couldn't help but share, you know, some of John's overwhelming excitement. I mean, it's always fun to move to a new place, and you know, this is a very big change of scenery for them. So like, hopefully this is gonna turn out good. But things did not turn out so well because that excitement they had turned into frustration almost immediately when they entered the house, as they were shocked to find that the old owners had left everything inside, including furniture, TVs, kitchen supplies, everything, which is kind of annoying, right? You move there and you want to bring all your own stuff, and you expect them to clear out all of their stuff. So John calls up his realtor, he's pissed off, he's like, what's the deal? I thought they were gonna clear all the stuff out. And the realtor was also shocked. He's like, oh, they should have done that, don't know why, it's still there and he just told them to kill time for a couple hours and that you know they would get everything taken care of, get it cleared out by that evening, which to John was like, eh, seems like a lot of stuff. Are you sure you're gonna be able to get it done by the end of the day? So when they came back later that night, they were impressed to see that the place had really been cleaned out. The realtor somehow had pulled it off and so they could finally start moving their own stuff in. John decided to take a quick walk around the property first and when he did, he was met with another shocking sight. The dry in-ground pool was filled with all the shit from the house, which is very weird, like like, what company would you bring in and be like, let's just clear out the <laughs> house and dump it in the pool, that, that'll work. Some disgruntled workers there. Yeah, like why are you making me come in and work this late? <laughs> yeah. So everything's just piled high inside this this dry pool. And of course John's like, what the hell? He calls up the realtor and he asks if he'd paid some you know, secondhand remo- you know, junk removal service to come get the stuff. And, you know, the realtor is like, "Well, I didn't actually hire anyone to move the stuff," and so he actually tried calling up the old property owners because I guess the realtor went to the old property owner and be like, "You guys get it out of there." Um, but weirdly, their numbers were out of service. I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of kind of mystery there as to what happened with the stuff.
8: I like that the realtor was like, "Oh, just go away for a few hours. I'll take care of it." Yeah. Calm up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I actually didn't hire anyone. Like, yeah. what was the plan?"
7: <laughs> yeah, seriously, I'm like. I'm just like how the shit get in the pool too, like that's very weird. I do almost wonder if John just was like, "Yeah, I got just pushed it out of the house <laughs> into the pool, and then tried to make a make a scene about it." But I don't know. He he seems to not know how the stuff got in the pool either. And basically, his realtor's like, "Well, dude, you paid cash for the house; it's a done deal. So it's your problem at this point." But what was weird is that like a lot of the stuff was still in good condition, so it's weird that all of a sudden it's just piled on top of each other in the pool. Um, so very, very strange.
0: Which, man, uh,
7: Taylor is old as time, right? They're buying this house, and the wife is
0: like, I don't like it. The vibes are off. And he's like, all right, we'll pay in cash. Yeah. I'm buying it. <laughs> like doesn't? It totally disregards his wife here. But, yeah, surprisingly, this incident still never explained. And the mystery obviously made Joyce a lot more suspicious, more than she already was. That gut feeling was back again. You know, the vibes are off. It's nagging at her. She's saying something is clearly wrong in this house. John also started to feel weird, but he was more reserved. He kept it to himself. He didn't want to freak out his wife anymore, but he realized that the area was super remote. It was really far from any police station. So... He did go out and what do you do? You buy a gun.
7: Cause there you go. Yeah, I guess that's no police that's, <laughs> arm yourself. Here we go.
0: Yeah, Deep rural Take Arizona justice in your own hands. man. Yeah. After the pool incident, things were fine for those first two months. But until one day, John spotted a disheveled man walking up their driveway. He had this really long gray hair, wore these nasty, dirty clothes. And he, he was carrying a machete
3: Good so you bought that yeah, gun. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> he was
0: in the right here. And, you know, John grabs his gun, tucks it into his waistband. I, I assume he walks outside yeah. really, really manly. And he meets this man outside. His teeth are all in terrible shape. His eyes are this weird intensity. And the man told John that he lived on the property, and he pointed back to this old shed. He's like, I've just been living in there <laughs> this whole time. John obviously super confused. He asked if the previous owners had somehow worked something out with this random guy to to let him live in the shack, or if there's was something else. Maybe he he <laughs> kept up the property or something like that.
7: Well, he's hacking something with the machete. Why <laughs> yes, else is he carrying the machete that. around? Yeah, <laughs>
0: he's cutting down bamboo in the middle yeah. of Arizona. Maybe and maybe he was the guy who was dumping all the furniture into the pool. Who oh knows? yeah, that's
7: a good point. Maybe it was that guy.
0: The man's response was pretty bone-chilling he told john i killed the monsters and john's <laughs> confusion quickly turned into impatience here he said look man i'm not sure if you had any arrangements with the past owners but i don't want you living on my property and the the crazy man just stared at him and he simply replied you're going to regret that <laughs> and just like that you know he walked off into, into the sunset yeah. and john never saw him again uh, so super weird incident, but this wasn't the only one. There was another one. And John tried to get a landline installed at the home at some point. He called up a local service provider called Southwest Bell, and he set up an appointment with them. And on the day of the appointment, John waited and waited, but these contractors were just a no-show. He was obviously pretty irritated. He called up the phone company that evening. Again, they apologized. They agreed to send over contractors three days later. So they had it scheduled again, but John, again, was just waiting for these contractors. They never showed up. He was pretty annoyed by this point. So when he called the phone company again, he asked to speak to the manager. He's pulling a Karen here, I've had enough. He wanted to know why these people weren't showing up. So the manager leveled with him. She told him that the contractors weren't showing up because they were scared. (laughs) Wow, yeah. The ranch had a sort of reputation around town. It was pretty desolate, but people had heard about this place because bad things had been happening here. She wouldn't really elaborate though with John anymore on this. He asked her, he pushed her, but she was just like, look, it's just a scary place. It's hard to send people out there. There's a guy with a machete that lives in the shed. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Watch out for Jeff. He's crazy. But she assured him that the (laughs) subcontractor would come to install the landlines eventually. And turns out the next day he did. The serviceman seemed apprehensive about the work, and when John asked him about the ranch's reputation, the serviceman gave him this long-winded 90-minute history lesson.
7: Oh, wow. Very familiar with this property, apparently.
0: Yeah, I guess. Just the guy installing the landline knows everything here. So according to this long history lesson, a man bought the property back in 1977. He built a house on it as a surprise for his wife. These husbands, man, you just <laughs> like, my wife hates the property, I'm buying it. And also, I'm gonna build this huge-ass property as a surprise for my wife. Come on, guys, we need some line we of communication. Work together, here. Right, man. <laughs> yeah, open up some dialogue. But of course, the wife didn't want the gift. In fact, on her very first visit, she said, <laughs> I'm never gonna live in this house, this is awful. Seems
7: uh, like a risky gamble. Right, yeah, what a waste. To waste your time and money on. Yeah. To only have your wife be like, no, nah. not living there. <laughs> yeah, yes. You just spent all this time and money. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she basically told him, if you make me live here, I will divorce you. And, you know, <laughs> honestly, good for her. You got to draw some lines here. This is kind of ridiculous. And uh, sure enough, he did force her to live there and they separated pretty soon after that.
6: You will live here. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I
0: just. <laughs> 1970s, man.
7: Yeah, different time, man. Yeah.
0: The property was then bought by an off track betting company that allegedly ran a brothel oh, on that property. What
7: a turn. It's and like, again, this is just coming from the the guy coming to install the phone line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he knows all of this yeah, somehow. It's like, you know, it's really know it was a brothel? Like, how did you know that? You go <laughs> yeah, in, that's crazy. Install the phone line for them too. Like, also,
0: who's going way out here for a brothel? Yeah, it's probably just his, the neighborhood brothel. Yeah. So the serviceman then tells John that this company was actually a right-wing extremist group that claimed responsibility for a train derailment in revenge for the Waco siege. And these extremists were allegedly killed in a shootout on the ranch by federal
7: agents. Wow. That is a lot to digest there. Uh,
0: Isn't that crazy? Uh, So we got crazy man with machete. We got... People who are clearly scared of the property. We have a brothel that's being run, and now we have there's some betting company. Yeah, yeah, by a betting company
7: disguising itself as a brothel, but is actually a right wing -wing extremist extremist group. group. Yeah, who had a shootout with federal agents on the ranch. Wow,
0: that's crazy. Uh, Troubled history for sure. Yeah. And so, um, Julia, you want to explain this at all?
8: Yeah. So the derailment in question was the uh, 1995 Sunset Limited derailment by intentional sabotage, and to this day the perpetrators have not been caught, and the what? case is unsolved. Yeah, oh which is crazy. God. You can just derail a train, and like
0: that's terrifying. You could, at
8: least at the time, get away with it.
0: 95, too.
8: Yeah. Well, and John believes that the derailment was a false flag perpetrated by the government to push the narrative that white Christian terrorism was on the rise in the U.S., which you know, uh, okay, will
7: become a theme. Yeah.
2: Of hit Wait, You'll see.
7: Okay. That's, I can't believe that's unsolved. What the hell?
2: Yeah, 95 wasn't that long ago. It's about 28, 27, yeah. 28 years
7: ago. One person was killed. 78 people were injured. 12 of them seriously and 25 were hospitalized. That's crazy. What the hell?
0: Okay. Intentional sabotaging a train. I mean, that's,
5: whoa. Yeah, that's, I'm a, dumbfounded. Seri- that's a serious crime.
0: That's, like. <laughs> Sounds like some Old West shit. I know. But
7: no, 1996.
0: So according to the phone company, though, after this incident, the ranch was bought by a Mexican family. And for a few years, the family operated a pretty successful cattle ranch out there. But then, of course, tragedy struck. The family's son apparently killed himself at the ranch on the day of his high school graduation. Super tragic. The stories that the phone company servicemen told John were... Obviously really unsettling, but the couple continued to live in the house. Eventually John gave it the name Stardust Ranch and that's how we know it today.
7: So life was relatively normal for a while. Joyce worked at the FBI office in Phoenix to help pay the bills while John tended to the ranch. They had eight Rottweilers on the property and John began to adopt about two dozen abandoned horses he found in the desert. In 1998, John fulfilled his dream of opening up an animal rescue. Stardust Ranch was now home to Hopeful Hooves, a rescue facility for abandoned, neglected, and abused horses. These horses could live peacefully on the ranch and participate in equine therapy so that visitors like disabled children and others could come to visit the horses for therapeutic reasons, which is, you know, that's a nice nice gesture. Yeah, I like that. Here's a little preview of what's to come in this episode, and uh, you get to hear
4: from the man himself
1: down a lonely desert road sits the Stardust Ranch.
4: Almost immediately from the day we moved in, we began to have strange
1: experiences. John Edmonds and his wife purchased the property in 1995, with hopes of it being a peaceful place to operate their Hopeful Hooves Horse Rescue and live in the country. This ranch has been just about anything except that. John first started seeing mysterious lights in the sky, followed by orange orbs, That's when the uninvited guests arrived. Literally gray aliens that attacked animals. They were in the house. John recalls one unforgettable experience involving gray aliens attacking his wife. Actually levitated her out
4: of the bed in the master chamber out into the parking lot and tried to draw her
1: up into a craft. Gail Chasen claims to have been visited by extraterrestrial life since she was four years old. She recently moved into the Stardust Ranch and has had a positive experience.
5: I had liver cancer last year. When I started to get better, I wanted to come here to heal completely. I'm stronger than I've ever been.
4: It's, it's a mixed bag. It's not something that is going to be for a traditional family, but it also holds a lot of secrets. It holds a lot of what I believe are future opportunities to understand
1: forces that are in the universe. The working ranch sits on 10 acres of desert land. The home features 3,500 square feet of living space and a large swimming pool. It also comes with a guest house, a separate studio, and a hay barn. The property can accommodate up to 20 horses, but John has a warning for anyone interested.
4: Please be very well grounded because the energy here has a tendency to manifest whatever's going on with you. Brandon Hamilton, 12 News.
7: Lots to digest there, but well, that gives you a little uh, preview of what's what's to come. And there's even more than what he was just, just talking about there, but again... Strange things did start to happen fairly quickly after moving in, and this included events that seemed mundane at first, but started to get more and more bizarre as their time on the ranch went on. According to John, things kind of started with some paranormal activity around, you know, misplaced items, finding it in one place, you know, putting it down one place, and finding it magically appear in another place. Sudden electrical outages, unexplained shadows, and strange blood stains. John remembers the first time he saw strange lights in the sky over the ranch. There was an Air Force base nearby the ranch, but these lights didn't look like anything that came from planes. And they moved much faster than fighter jets do. They were primarily orange, but there was other colored lights as well. And they would dance around in the sky and then disappear, reappear. And to John, it seemed like these orbs of light almost seemed alive. It was very mesmerizing to watch, and it was unlike anything he'd ever seen before. John had no idea what the lights were, and when he told Joyce about them, she dismissed the whole thing. Again, her feelings about the ranch are still very negative, and even at this point, she still does not want to be there. I don't blame her. About 90 days into their stay there, John noticed he wasn't feeling like himself. He was a lot angrier and more tense than usual. His things would be randomly misplaced around the property, and without explanation, the electricity would just shut off minor things would stop working, only to magically repair themselves later on. It was to the point where John was documenting these incidents, because he's starting to like kind of put the pieces together, he's like, this is all very strange, I should probably start kind of tracking what's going on. And it really kind of made him feel like he was going crazy. And he was more so doing it to make sure he wasn't going crazy and that these things weren't actually happening to him and not, you know, just being imagined. John would feel the pressure and temperature change on the ranch. And after this would happen, it would make him feel very uneasy. The animals also seemed affected by these sudden changes in temperature as well. The horses became agitated and the dogs started fighting against each other. The TV and radio would randomly turn on during the night, which, I mean, for any of us, that'd be very, very eerie for that to happen. Have you ever had that happen where your TV just turns on randomly? Or no, radio? I haven't
0: I haven't had that, but this sounds like, you know, obviously we know they think it's Extraterrestrials, or something like that, but it sounds like a, a poltergeist case almost. You yeah, know? Thing, yeah. Objects like moving, and electricity activity. problems. Definitely. I was Within... going to say a gas leak, but.
8: Gas leak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs>
7: yeah. Carbon monoxide.
8: Yeah. yeah.
7: But then something terrible happened. One day, John went to feed his dogs and he found the mutilated remains of his favorite Rottweiler outside its crate. John was shocked and devastated. He's a big dog lover. It was a gruesome and very confusing scene for him. What's weird is that the dog looked as if it had been flattened by a steamroller. Just just thinking about what that sight looks like is very disturbing to walk out and see your dog flattened.
0: I'm trying to protect myself mentally <laughs> not and think not, about that, yeah. yeah. Or just think about it like a Looney Tunes cartoon instead of the actual thing. That's funny because that's exactly what I was thinking too. Like when
7: Wiley the Coyote gets like rolled over, he's just like a piece of paper. But what was weird about this scene was that there was no blood or internal organs according to John. And since he was outside its crate, that meant that someone must have taken him out of his crate before killing him. Despite all this, John didn't hear any of the other seven dogs barking that night. So that's, I mean, all this is very, very strange. Joyce and John didn't know what to make of it, but that incident changed everything for them. John was very upset. I mean, as any of us would be if we found one of our pets dead mysteriously in our home, John was declaring war against whatever killed his dog and was messing with his ranch. But uh, once he did, things only just got much worse and worse. Over the years, more animals were sadly killed Many times John woke up to find the mutilated corpses of a horse, and he hadn't heard any noises from the animals on the night that that happened. So it was very, very weird. Also, cuts to their bodies look like they came from something humans couldn't make or use. A lot of their animals had this, including his dogs, would just have weird cuts on them and stuff, and upon looking at it, he's like, doesn't make any sense. Like this wasn't a human cutting them with a knife or something. It's just very, very strange the way that they looked. And what's also crazy is that Joyce and John were being branded during the night. They'd wake up with scars, puncture wounds, and burn marks. And for the first few years on the ranch, these marks were subtle, but as time went on, the couple became more and more aware of them, and the brandings got worse. John and Joyce started to fight more, and John began to stock up on weapons, including pistols, sniper rifles, even AK-47s, among other automatic weapons. You name it, John had that weapon. He'd even keep a baseball bat next to his bed in case he came face-to-face with one of these unwelcome visitors. I love that.
0: He loads, he stocks up on firearms,
7: but he's like, but this
0: baseball bat. The baseball bat. bat.
7: Yeah.
8: Well, his explanation was he didn't want to like wake up in the middle of the night with like a, an intruder and like do something stupid.
7: Smart. Oh, Smart. yeah, There's yeah. a reason why you don't put your AK-47 on your Because <laughs> yeah. the last Wait, thing you, you want to do tell me I is, shouldn't like, be doing that? Stop doing that. Okay. Fuck, I got to move mine yeah. now. <laughs> the last thing you want to do- i mean any firearms expert will tell you like they'll they'll honestly tell you like don't keep a gun in the bedroom like put it in your closet or because if you do wake up in a hazy you know half asleep You're disoriented and yeah and you immediately sense. go for your gun and you accidentally shoot your kid or your your dog or something versus yeah. like i was told like give yourself time to wake up so you have to you know where it is so you can go and get it but hopefully that amount of time it takes to get it will Kind of like allow you to adjust to your a melee weapon that's, that's, won't do as much damage, right? I mean, yeah. if you beat yeah, yeah. your kid with a bat, <laughs> right?
6: <surprised. laughs>
7: your kid will hopefully survive that. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Um, same with your animal, but we'll see. <laughs> oh I would, if you grab your gun and unload a clip on <laughs> oh it, it's God. a much more serious situation.
0: <laughs> see, I'm good. You told me this. You know, firearm safety is important. I was considering getting one of those. Like, have you ever seen those? It's above the bed frame. It's, it says like "Home Sweet Home" on it, and like the bottom drops out pull out your
2: <laughs> you're absolutely joking right <laughs> no just, those are real
7: <laughs> catch it in bed you're like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ready to go
2: damn
0: you never know when the gray aliens are gonna show up you know yeah, you, you know
2: do. you're right right
8: it's true
0: the you european
2: mind could never comprehend <laughs> i know any of this seriously no.
7: all of our uk listeners are like america's crazy man. Yeah. <laughs> what are they talking about
2: oh, we don't know
6: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't even know yeah
7: so finally one night John was ready for those visitors. As he slept, he felt something cold and clammy stroke his arm. He immediately jolted up, grabbed the bat and swung at whatever was next to him. And when he did, he heard a hiss. And when he turned the lights on, guess what was there? Three little gray aliens. Hissing. I didn't really realize that they hissed like cats. Are you sure it wasn't just like gray cats? yeah. Have you ever heard another story I where aliens? Hiss? I have not heard another story of gray aliens hissing, but oh. apparently, these were maybe they were trying to like disguise themselves as cats or something. Like,
0: yeah, it's just me, <laughs> they little cat ears yeah. on them.
6: <laughs> <laughs> according- they're, just, they're just streamers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're wearing like the gaming headphones. Yeah. With the ears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
7: so according to John, they were about four feet tall, they had no genitalia which i guess that was the first thing he was looking for um so the i mean the biggest thing that i noticed about these little gray aliens is that their eyes their eyes are all big and like bulbous and they're just staring at him and i mean it's pretty haunting if you look at them. i mean just when i see pictures of them it terrifies me to my core because imagine seeing that in the middle of the night in your bedroom just staring at you with these big ass eyes no thank you yeah no thank you is right
0: Just before John could swing the bat again, the aliens all phased out. Yeah, they just, and gone. They disappeared just like that, but this would be far from John's last encounter with the Greys, and now that he had seen them, their visits became more and more frequent. He would see them usually at night, in his bedroom, and standing on the ranch during the day. The baseball bat to the head hadn't hurt the alien so now John was going to try some new methods and he just started shooting at them. Uh, but of course the bullets just did nothing to them. Uh, unaffected completely. John and Joyce started sleeping in separate bedrooms. Now here's where we get down. I love stories like this because the undertones of what's happening in like the family relationship is where I'm super interested. So John and Joyce they're getting a little sick of what's happening. They're probably getting a little sick of each other. They're she's sleeping. probably worried she's going to get hit in the head with a baseball. <laughs> yeah,
7: seriously. He's, He's just wildly swimming <laughs> in bed. Like, yeah. She's like, John, what the? Yeah.
0: And then he starts shooting guns yeah. out on the property. He's like, <laughs> God. <laughs> 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 what
7: bullets are ricochet.
8: Impulse. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck this is. So <laughs> This could be I'm an all-American film.
0: Man. This really, yes. I'm so down. Directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Meanwhile, John was trying to figure out how to get rid of these creatures. Obviously, that would be the first thing you want to do. They didn't visit every day, and sometimes the time in between visits was long enough to forget that they were even happening. But when they did come, it was obviously a terrifying experience. At some point, John, which, get this, I actually, I didn't know about Mormons like this. John met with a Mormon accountant in town. His name was Fred, and John told Fred that he wanted to open an animal rescue on the ranch property. Fred was immediately interested, and he knew that the property had a bad reputation. Fred offered to conduct an exorcism on the property, oh, shit. which I didn't realize Mormons oh. c- conducted exorcisms. That you was might a need to
7: fact-check that one. I, I, I actually your, looked uh, it up. Sources. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know some people. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, they do have exorcisms. They don't have like a, a formulaic ritual sure. or like, a, it, and it's not as heavily detailed as like the Catholic Church, but this surprised me that Mormons, I guess, are lightly at least into exorcisms. Mm. So Fred went, he talked to his congregation and he set a date for a month out. That way, John could cleanse the house of whatever demonic entities were bothering them. But unfortunately this exorcism it didn't go as planned as fred and his three other congregants prayed around the house it started producing a moaning and grumbling sound and one of the congregants vomited
7: <laughs> oh my god just, they're
0: hanging out in the master bedroom and just projectile vomited uh and the strange noise it started growing louder the walls started to bang and i all four of them they just started getting really anxious they ran out of the house and then they all started throwing up oh my god it's just the chain reaction of vomit here once they were finally able to stop vomiting they all jumped in their car and sped off just to get the hell out of there so john and joyce by this time they figured that this wasn't just aliens going on at stardust ranch they're they figured there just had to be something more. There was some sort of demonic entity or spirits or ghosts. Hey, a little bit of lights
6: out. Yeah, Actually, there you go. Yeah.
0: This is when they started thinking that this ranch might have been some sort of dimensional portal.
7: Sounds like a portal to hell if you ask me. <laughs> Honestly. Straight yeah. to hell. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's more than just gray aliens going on here. The, the house groaning? It's very interesting to me and i think i think you brought up a good point that we potentially have a serious poltergeist yeah it sounds um, like on our a hands here um, and potentially even more than that it's just a whole it's a whole slew yeah we got a, ton it's of a whole round table of, <laughs> yeah. of paranormal entities all hanging out at john's ranch here and the greys are just uh just part of it part of the gang the poor greys
0: what they were maybe they were coming to help and hey grays he are starts, evil man are they all evil They're is that demons. True?
7: <laughs> they are demons according <laughs> to some that. people
8: according to john there is different uh species i guess and some are good and some are evil so yeah obviously. yeah
7: well there's there's also some people say there's tall grays as well there's like short grays and then there's tall grays and then some of them are i've even heard that some of them of the the short grays are like ai driven They're not even like biological entities; like they're actually made artificially. Yeah. By who? I don't know. I'd be more scared of the AI entities than the biological entities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no souls in those guys. (laughs) Yeah. But the other thing too is there's a lot of a lot of the lore with gray aliens talks about how there's like a pact between humans and the greys, and like there is this whole exchange like a uh, system that went on where we sent humans off to the Grays home planet of Zeta Reticuli and we sent humans to their planet and they sent some Grays back to us and ever since we've had like this working partnership with them like, like
2: foreign exchange students yeah <laughs> like they,
7: exactly what it is a foreign exchange an interstellar exchange program <laughs> no exchange yeah.
0: sign me up i'm ready to go hang out with fun, the grays right? yeah. yeah
7: and so apparently that's how they came here and they're, and they're working with the elites and working with those in, in power to gotcha. do all sorts of evil, evil things to us and experiment on us. Interesting. Torture us and whatnot. Nice. So there's a, there's a lot. I mean, there's endless lore with the Greys. Yeah. But to most people, most people associate the Greys with evil Bad. deeds, yeah. yeah. But there are also people that claim that they've been like healed by the Greys. I mean, one man even claims that he had children with a gray-looking alien.
8: Our good old pal, David Huggins.
7: David Huggins, that's right, my man. I always notice that
0: about a lot of the uh, abduction stories and stuff like that, they always turn sexual really fast. (laughs) All the aliens are like, we need your seed. Yeah. (laughs) Why does this get so weird?
7: Be our star seed. (laughs) So yeah, things uh, just only get crazier from here because we got exorcisms going on at the ranch, and now we've got full-on levitations going on, as you kind of heard earlier in that clip. As John and Joyce slept one night, he awoke to a very frightening sight. Imagine this for a moment. You're sleeping next to your partner. You wake up all of a sudden, and they're levitating three feet above the bed. Happens all the time to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What do you do? You just, just take that baseball bat, beat them back <laughs> down. The holiday season is upon us and is now time to start looking for those gifts for your loved ones, friends, family, whoever it may be and I've got a place that you need to check out. It's called Quince. Quince is my go-to place for luxury essentials at affordable prices for everyone on my list, including me. Quince offers a range of high quality items with prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, cotton sweaters, and even comfy pants. I got myself a cashmere sweater. I've never had a cashmere sweater before, and man, I have been sleeping on cashmere sweaters for way too long. They are so soft, so warm, and I'm really impressed with the quality of the cashmere sweaters from Quince, especially the price. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. That's why I'm giving the gift of Quince's buttery soft cashmere to my nearest and dearest this holiday season. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to their customers. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you know you're getting a good quality product that was made ethically, which is always awesome to see. Quince has tons of other items than just sweaters, including travel items, whether it's wallets, jewelry, they have stuff for your kids. I mean, they have a gift for everyone on your shopping list. So take advantage of the special offer that we're giving you from Quince today. Get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Just go to quince.com slash for free shipping on your order plus 365 day returns that's slash malhard to get free shipping and 365 day returns that's quince.com/mile higher John tried to call out her name but she didn't wake up she's still asleep as she's levitating the levitation finally stopped when John put his hands on her shoulders and shouted her name and at that moment Joyce opened up her eyes and then immediately hit the bed and fell back asleep. Apparently the next morning, though, she had no recollection of what had happened the previous night. But that wasn't the end of the levitations. Sometimes John would see Joyce moving slowly towards their bedroom door, even down the hall, and the only way John could stop it was by grabbing her ankles. That's kind of a weird sight to think about. And when he did this, she would open her eyes, slowly fall to the ground, stand up, and then walk to bed. And each morning, she would have no recollection of levitating the night before, then one night John couldn't wake Joyce as she levitated. He watched in horror as her body moved through the wall and outside the house. Yo, <laughs> that's fucking nuts, man. He was like pulling on her ankles, like no, <laughs> yeah, she's going, going through, through the, the wall. wall. <laughs> but it didn't work, so instead he just walked alongside her body, trying to follow the force that was pulling Joyce away from the house. And so you can imagine seeing Joyce levitating going through the walls of the house, eventually making her way outside. And that's when John noticed what this force was that was pulling his wife to it. Outside was a metallic disc about 100 feet in diameter, floating 100 feet off the ground. It was beaming a bright blue white light from the bottom of it. So John was like, oh, shit. I know what's happening here. These damn gray aliens are trying to abduct my wife. (laughs) So he says, not on my watch. He runs back into the house, grabs an AK-47, and he comes out, he's like, just (laughs) firing away at this metallic disc, trying to shoot it down. Apparently, it worked. Uh, (laughs) Incredible. The AK-47 really packs a punch, and this UFO was like, oh shit, not the AK-47. So it dropped Joyce on the ground, and Joyce immediately woke up. And this time, Weirdly, she couldn't remember everything. And as you can imagine, she was very, very terrified by what was happening. And obviously she realized she was being abducted by this craft. And after this, she begged John to handcuff her to the bed each night. Hey. Wouldn't they just levitate the bed and bring the bed with her? Yeah, How's that gonna yeah, stop, yeah, stop these anything? handcuffs for yeah. Like, oh, we'll just take the bed with you then. Yeah, right.
0: Also, more weird undertones of this relationship. Yeah, The handcuffs. Why do they even have handcuffs? You know, makes you think. Don't question
8: them. I don't know. Don't question them.
0: I'm not kink shaming or anything, but.
8: Sounds like a kink shaming. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kind
0: of Sorry. Like
7: kink shaming. Sorry. Handcuffs are okay.
0: It's like she could just communicate that they don't have to make this elaborate alien abduction story just to get her to <laughs> get handcuffed <laughs> to the bed.
6: Like, Oh, I think that's
7: what's happening here. <laughs> well, apparently the handcuffing worked because there was uh, no more abduction attempts after that. There we go. Or at for least a for a little while. Yeah, for a little while there wasn't. But then they started back up eventually. And again, they became a regular occurrence on the ranch. John and Joyce have said that some of these were actually successful abductions. So a couple times AK-47 did not do the trip. They had their uh, bulletproof shields up that time and they were able to get get them on board. And uh, they actually have memories of these abductions, which they've gone through like hypnosis and, you know, regression therapy and stuff like that to, to try to recall some of these these things as a lot of people who experience alien abductions do they usually don't remember right off the back but then they do uh hypnosis regression things like that and they're able to recall some of those memories but they don't want to talk about them because apparently they're they're too traumatic um, to talk about but gray aliens weren't the only creatures visiting the ranch sometimes john would see the what he would call the brillo man walking on the property so never heard of this before but apparently this was a large creature i'm guessing like sasquatch size uh but he said it looked as if the michelin man uh was made of brillo pads so that's a very strange uh i love that imagery (laughs) yeah that's great
2: use him to like to like uh to clean the stove
7: yeah Yeah. there you go (laughs) come over here can you come clean the clean the horse stalls (laughs) But then there is also the men in black. Yes, Will Smith showed up. No. (laughs) And Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. (laughs) But one day, John was outside the ranch with a neighbor, just sipping a beer and cleaning his guns. Very American thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Sipping beer, cleaning guns. (laughs) When suddenly a black van approached the gate and out walked two men in black suits, Uh, John said that the texture of their skin was very strange and almost resembled cooked chicken skin. Uh, The gate was closed, but it didn't stop the men. Instead, they walked right through it as if they were made of air. That's crazy. I mean, I've never heard any men in black stories where the men in black are, like, also going through objects. Right,
0: yeah. Usually, you know,
7: they're, like, the FBI agents or whatever, right? some secret agency, right? But, no, these guys had some paranormal abilities, apparently, too. John's neighbor was there, and he sat there stunned in silence. The two men approached John and told him, Your name is John Edmonds, and you're going to stop publishing articles on Peter Gersten's C-A-U-S, website. So what the hell is, who is Peter Gersten, rather?
8: Peter Gersten is the founder of Caus, which is Citizens Against UFO Secrecy. Um, So researching this episode, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck this is. Um, It's basically... Uh, An organization that tried to get more information on uh, government documents on UFOs using the Freedom of Information Act. I guess this guy, he's a criminal defense attorney who sued the CIA in 1977. And um, as a result, they got uh, 900 UFO documents from them in two years later. So I guess he kind of he won on that end.
7: Yeah, this guy's legit. Imagine suing the CIA. Although his website doesn't work anymore. (laughs) The website doesn't oh, work. it down.
8: Yeah. And I guess at the time, it was probably just like an internet forum um, where you could post whatever. So from Wikipedia, more on this, uh, Gersten, who has been described by ufologists as ufology's foremost ambulance chaser and has been accused of turning the once respectable cause into a fringe New Age association, was in 2012 reported to be intending to jump off Bell Rock in Sedona, Arizona, with Gersten saying, quote, I believe that some type of cosmic portal will be opening at that time and place and that an opportunity will present itself. I fully expect that it will either lead to the next level of this cosmic program, freedom from an imprisoning time loop, a magical Martian-like bubble, or something equally as exotic. Gersten, quote, wandered home when his predicted vortex did not appear.
7: Oh, that's disappointing. (laughs) Although I do tend to believe that there's something spiritual vortex-wise going on in Sedona. I haven't been. I'm planning to visit. I know Julia. You were just there, right?
8: Yeah, I was just there like last week. How did
7: it feel there? Did it feel like different there? Like
8: it kind of did. It's apparently all of Sedona is a vortex, vortex, but there's specific ones. There's like Cathedral Rock, Bell Rock, or the airport, Mesa, and uh, the energy there. It's it is really healing, and um, you know, it's been a rough year, so I was very, I felt very at peace there.
7: It's Um, it's definitely like a wellness uh hot spot like destination for people right there's a lot of like resorts and absolutely places to feel better
2: clear the mind
7: and it's beautiful too i mean it's the scenery gorgeous. there is just stunning all the red rock everywhere
8: all the metaphysical stores and stuff like that it's like
7: it's oh, like boulder it's
8: on crack like it's yeah crazy wow it's every, like on every street corner there's it's like you can get your aura pictures or like you oh know, wow all sorts of kind of woo shit it's I, cool
0: my roommate got uh, they were in arizona and he got his aura picture taken <laughs> it's the funniest thing it was just the black it's just like it's almost completely this bright red oh wow that's did it they explained what it means? I did i cannot remember but it was something bad <laughs> we were just <laughs> cracking <bad>. up
7: <laughs> oh man
8: anyway i think this is just interesting because it's like oh the men in black come and it's like the equivalent of them being like, "Stop posting on an Art Bell's coast to coast yeah
0: right <laughs> That's the most important thing they have to say. I also love you how- you got to the-
7: protect the legend, though. I must say they're doing they're doing good work there. Yeah, oh, no, Art Bell but- is a treasure to humanity. Uh, RIP. Right? I, I just yeah, loved, RIP for sure. But I loved how they
0: the men in black approach him and they go, "Your name is John Edmonds." <laughs>
7: Yeah, no. Well, like, what? <laughs> How'd you get my address? Otherwise, yeah, you know? right, exactly.
0: For a while, there seemed to be this unspoken truce or peace between the Edmonds and the aliens. They still visited, but generally stayed out of the way, and the couple had many fewer negative experiences from then on. But that all ended one day in two thousand seven. This was the day that John went to the stables and found a gruesome sight. His favorite horse had been brutally eviscerated by the damn grays he was obviously absolutely devastated but now there was basically no truce between It's war them. yeah exactly it's back on motherfucker exactly they had crossed a line and now john vowed not to let this go unpunished he was he was ready for vengeance and it seemed like the universe had co-signed john's quest to avenge his horse one day While John was running errands out in town, he saw a truck passing by. It was packed to the brim with stuff and about to start overflowing. And as it drove down the street, hit a little bump, and sure enough, something came loose out of the back and dropped to the street. John ran over, he picked up the fallen item, and to his surprise, he found a large... This is sick. He found a large vintage samurai sword in pristine condition. That's
6: amazing.
0: Yeah. John tried to run after the truck and flag it down, and say, Hey man, you <laughs> dropped this sweet samurai sword. You just see John running behind the truck with like, yeah, yeah. Samurai, hey, come
6: back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was no use. The driver, he couldn't see him as his, his back end was filled with stuff, and he didn't even have a license plate. <laughs> <laughs>
7: so, could have been a stolen could, item, yeah, probably right.
6: no. Yeah.
0: So he was gone and he took the sword for himself. John kept the sword under his bed and he could finally get rid of that baseball bat because uh, now this was his new weapon of choice. And after his favorite horse was killed, you know, he was now in a blood war with these aliens. He was ready to go. And the next time he saw them, they were going to pay. So, uh, John, not only his samurai sword, but he even. Experimented with some other weapons. I mean, we know he has a slew of weapons. At oh yeah, point, he's right? super
7: into his weapons. Here's uh, him talking about uh, some other weapons that he experimented with uh, in his war with the Grays.
4: Anyway, um, I started with nunchucks because uh, I thought, you know, that'll work. That'll work. And <laughs> actually, they work pretty well. But
5: what's a nunchuck? I don't even know.
4: It's a martial arts uh, weapon. Okay. Uh two sticks with a <laughs> chain together. Come on, you never okay. seen enter the dragon.
6: Ninja Turtles, a, you know, man. Yeah. yeah.
4: Cord and they're a very effective ancient weapon. And they actually work pretty well because they're quiet and they can do some real damage.
5: So do you throw them at the alien? No, no.
4: You just bite <laughs> them with them.
5: You hit them with them. Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Um or you,
5: what is the alien doing when you're hitting them or stabbing them? They're that close to you that you can well, do that? Well, see, the,
4: the thing about it is that's a bit strange, and that is that I had a very severe head injury in 1973. Oh. And I, there it uh, is. Uh, some long-term damage to my skull as a result of it. And apparently the fear, you know, that you always hear about people going through fear paralysis. That doesn't happen to me. And they don't know it a lot of times. And so I can just kind of pretend like I'm being affected. Oh, all right. And then when they come to try to lay hands, they get the big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Love this guy. So um, just wait. I've experimented with a lot of things over the years. I mean, a can of hairspray with a butane lighter. (laughs) (laughs) Homemade flamethrower. You know.
1: (laughs) Wow.
0: Incredible. That's nuts. Yeah, also the tidbit <laughs> about the head injury might be starting to explain some things here. Oh, you think that plays into this? I mean, how could it not, right? I don't know. Something don't to know. consider at least, but uh, I I love this guy. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm
7: a, I'm a big big fan like at this point. He was like, you don't know what nunchucks are? Just like, <laughs> it's just only an ancient weapon that's highly effective. <laughs> yeah. She's just trying to wrap her head around like, She's clearly like envisioning this in her head. She's like, so how close is the alien to you when you're hitting them? He's like, yeah, there's more where that came from, so you just wait. You've probably heard me talk about the Rocket Money app before, but I can't say enough good things about the Rocket Money app. It's an app that I pop into at least once or twice daily. There's so many great features to the Rocket Money app that I highly recommend you download it right now. If you're not familiar, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It seems like every day we're signing up for new subscriptions, whether it's streaming services or you know, a clothing service, whatever it may be, we have infinite number of subscriptions to keep track of. And it's very easy to forget about those unwanted ones that you're still paying for well rocket money makes it super easy to find all the subscriptions but best of all they can get it canceled for you so you don't have to worry about contacting customer service or getting on chat and waiting in line just to get those subscriptions canceled also you can just upload a photo of your bill and they will go and try to negotiate a lower costs for utility bills, which is always awesome. The number one reason I love Rocket Money is it allows me to just manage all my personal finances all from one place. I can create budgets. It also alerts me to charges on all my accounts and cards. So if something comes across that seems out of the ordinary, it'll send me an email alert and let me know that, hey, this was charged and I can go take a look and see where it's from and then deal with it if it is something I don't recognize. But it really has helped me just manage my finances so much better. It'll even send you notifications if you reach your spending limit. So it's a great way to budget manage everything in one place plus lower your bills. With over 5 million users and counting, Rocket Money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year and $1 billion in total savings so far. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com/milehigher. That's rocketmoney.com/milehigher. Seriously, try it out today at rocketmoney.com/milehigher. But John didn't have to wait very long to exact his revenge. One day while Joyce was off at work, John sat in the living room working on restoring motorcycle parts when suddenly he felt the pressure in the room change. His experiences with aliens taught John that this meant that they were nearby. John acted as calm as possible. He knew these aliens could sense fear and they would know he could see them if his energy changed. So he pretended not to notice them in his peripheral vision. While they stood nearby, he slowly got up went to his bedroom, grabbed his sword, and laid it on the bed. He wanted to create the illusion that he was still going about his day normally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this this Casually is a removing my samurai I like do samurai training at
7: 1130 every day. <laughs> He's
2: like creeping around like with just acting completely normal.
0: <laughs> well, you don't slowly walk through your house carrying your katana around. But resting yeah. it on your bed.
2: Well, you don't want to change your energy, I guess. No. True. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 stay calm. So, is he saying that they can they have like this other vision that they can s- literally see his well, fear They have, or something, yeah.
7: Well, they're grays are known to be,
2: um, like telepathic,
7: telepathic, yeah. Like they gotcha. can read read minds and and set like basically sense emotions and gotcha. things like that. So, which. If they can do that, then they clearly know what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, so you're yeah, not right. really fooling anybody, unfortunately. <laughs> but he was trying to create the illusion, right? That he's just going to bed as day normally. So he walked back into the living room and changed the TV channel, which is completely normal. It's business as usual for him. According to John, the aliens didn't suspect anything weird was going on at all. But it was very soon time to strike. John calmly got up, entered the bedroom, said a quick prayer quietly unsheathed the sword and readied himself for what he was about to do the aliens were just down the hall and just out of sight apparently they had their backs turned to him so he's Step got the attack. element of surprise <laughs> yeah he's like a damn ninja at this <laughs> yeah. yeah he does like his asian weapons too yes he does damn. i think he's a big fan of of ninjas probably yeah, sounds like it so it was go time for john he crept up behind them and after a moment he jumped out and slashed at the aliens in front of him the swing managed to behead one of the creatures as its head fell to the ground the other two aliens were like "fuck this and disappeared <laughs> i
0: imagine it's like the kung fu movies where he leapt like 30 feet yeah, down the hall just this
7: big swipe from the samurai sword <laughs> yeah. just clean cut right off yeah some jelly of the alien's head and the others were able to get out of there before their heads fell to the floor as well but the body of that slain alien was still sitting on the floor. John couldn't believe his eyes, and he didn't know what to do next. It's not like he was going to call the police or something, because, I mean, alien murder. I don't know. Would you get locked up for murdering an alien? Probably not exactly legal, but is it exactly illegal? Yeah, it's not That's another, like, one.
0: citizen, so would they be considered, like, an outlaw? They're yeah. not protected by the law or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I don't Who know. Knows?
7: But uh, according to him, he's acting in self-defense, of course. You know, there's a photo, there's some blood. You see the samurai sword, but there's blood all over the floor. Red blood. Interesting. Which, which is interesting because I wasn't aware that gray aliens bled, you know, same blood as we do. But maybe it's just, you know, the way that it looks on the floor and that's not how it actually is. because I mean, they're on Earth, it, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, they're trying to blend in. So, you know, it changes colors. But not knowing what else to do, John decides to wrap the head of that alien in torso and torso in plastic and place it in the meat freezer. <laughs> you know, some serial killers did right there. Because <laughs> yeah, his wife's coming home from work and he doesn't want her to, to find uh, the scene that he just made. But this, what was weird, this body hadn't disappeared like the others because it had been beheaded. John realized this is why bullets and bats didn't work against these aliens. And he realized that the only way to stop these aliens from phasing out and really get rid of them once and for all, was to cut off their head. Brutal. Seriously, but this alien body sat in his freezer for a while, and John wasn't quite sure how to handle it. You know, he's like, do I bury it? Do I burn it? What do I do? God forbid he takes a picture of it. Yeah, right. I know. Wouldn't that be, be uh, good evidence, at least? But this would not be the last alien that John killed. Over the years, he killed more aliens. Sometimes he killed them with his sword. Other times he killed them with his
4: bare hands. That's crazy.
7: My God. So let's let's hear a little bit more from John about killing greys.
4: And it was still sunny. So that wasn't at night.
5: Okay, and the one you did with the sword when you were propelled to do that, was that in defense of your dog that got injured or was that... Uh, no, just- what
4: happened, this is part of the same episode. I literally was walking through those doors to go out there to take the dogs out. And lo and behold, there was a gray right in front of me. And so I came back through the doors, grabbed the sword, and ran out there and just stabbed him and got him.
5: And he didn't leave.
4: Well, that was the thing. I think I kind of caught him off guard. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I literally ran the sword directly through the midsection and literally got so close that I was probably six inches maybe eight inches away from the face. And, I mean, I literally heard a hiss come out of this thing, and I, I could actually smell it. And ew, when I pulled the sword out to go back to try to take the head off, uh, it just disappeared.
5: But there was uh There was, there was a solution. Piece of tissue on okay. the end
4: of the sword from running him through. It was about right. the size of a grapefruit,
5: okay.
4: a ruby red grapefruit. And um, a bunch of fluids came out. And they kind of drooled out on the floor and they were on the door. And um,
5: and so. you sent me this documentation that says they've been tested and right. and uh, that they basically have said that. They don't match the, anything. Right.
7: I think you can kind of uh, start to see there's some inconsistencies with his stories. I mean, he's talking about a different, different time of killing the Grays uh, from the one we just mentioned how he was saying you know you have to behead them otherwise they disappear but so why would he like run yeah a sword through their he, chest? this time he decided to run it through the middle mm-hmm. and then it still disappeared right but yet left some tissue on his sword which as he heard he sent off for for testing which we'll right. get into a little bit later but you know he's and i don't know exactly the order if like it took him a while to like Figure out figure out that yeah. beheading them was the only way, and before that he was trying, you know, just stabbing them and cutting them in other ways. Um but he also claims to kill them with his bare hands as well. Which this is brutal. Uh, brutal. This is like a lights out episode right now.
0: <laughs> he would grab the aliens by their ankles and slam them against the wall, spraying their guts all Jesus. over the place. He has claimed to have killed over 18 aliens on his property, which that is a staggering number. As for the bodies, of course, he doesn't have any of them. John doesn't have a lot of explanation for this, but he says that the bodies disappearing is similar to, like, the case of misplaced objects on the ranch. Things just kind of just go Go missing, missing. yeah. Mm -hmm. Inexplicable. He would keep the bodies of the other aliens he killed, but they all seem to eventually just disappear kind of magically. The one thing that John still did have was remnants of their blood, and these were small biological samples that could be sent in for testing. And so through friends, John was able to get into contact with a biophysicist named William Levengood. So John sent off the samples to Levengood and eagerly awaited for the results. What he got back seemed to vindicate all of his experiences. Levengood excitedly wrote back to him, saying that these samples were nothing like he'd ever seen before and they were essentially the smoking gun needed to prove the existence of extraterrestrial wow. activity on Earth. That's a big deal. Huge claim here. Levingood wrote that the blood samples contained tiny segmented fibers, almost like grass, which was highly unusual. Levingood also explained that blood does not contain these segments, and the samples were almost pure hemoglobin. But he told John over the phone that he probably wasn't going to publish a formal report and he wasn't going to
7: send the samples for DNA
0: testing because it was too expensive.
7: What? Come on. We have the smoking man. gun here to prove extraterrestrials are real. They are here. They are at war with us. And yet his buddy doesn't think it's worth the money to get him DNA testing. He's suspect. Come on. That's a bummer.
8: So this is what John wrote in his book, which was published in 2020. But in the 2016 Ghost Adventures episode, he says something different. He says that the samples contain plant DNA and the samples contain chlorophyll instead of hemoglobin. Oh, which that's is... a big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big
7: change
0: there. Yeah. Because they said it was like pure hemoglobin yeah. at first. Yeah. Another and inconsistency.
2: Chlorophyll comes from plants to clarify, right? Yes. Yeah.
7: So he's just cutting up plants. <laughs> like what? Unless these creatures have chlorophyll running through their veins, but they're just trees. (laughs) I guess. My God.
8: According to John, I guess he said that, you know, it was like nothing he'd ever seen before, Loving Good. And that Loving Good said the samples were like a mix of plant and animal. Interesting. They weren't either. Or Mm. I guess you can be both, but.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I I don't know. It kind of just sounds like the sample was a little bit tainted.
7: Yeah. I mean, who knows what the actual scientific process for this was. True. If was it even this, happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it even <laughs> happened, exactly. Or he took the sample that John sent and then just sprinkled in a little bit of a, you know, from his house plan in from, there. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is crazy, it's man. It's like some seen horse before. feed he got yeah,
0: in there. Exactly. Yeah. So John believed that Levengood was actually silenced by the government who didn't want his results leaked to the public. Levengood eventually died on September 28th. 2013 at the age of 88
8: so john also says on ghost adventures that he died quote mysteriously by hitting his head in the lab and then the samples all disappeared um other sources say he died in hospice i also want to add that on, on his website he said that you could write to levengood. good john did um but be warned he will either like not reply or he'll probably lie if you ask him about
7: oh interesting hmm.
8: so people were probably writing him being like show us this paper oh my god and he's like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) oh
0: yeah so yeah after all this stardust ranch you know the as the theory goes is apparently a portal that connects aliens from other dimensions to earth and obviously john did not know that when he moved in his wife might have because she was like
7: seems like she had a screw this place yeah some intuition there that something something weird is going on but he eventually
0: thought that he had a trait some trait within his dna that somehow connected him to the rift in realities between the ranch and these extra dimensions
7: yeah he really believes and and in this interview which we're just showing clips of but if you want to like really get in deep you can watch the whole thing but it's kind of the conclusion they come with that most i mean it's interesting that throughout this whole thing where's joyce's point of view right where's joyce's stories like where where's her backing up these claims and I think it really comes down to John believes that there's a reason all this is happening to him specifically and not anybody else. And like, as you heard in that other clip we showed, woman lived there and she had great experience there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Polar yeah. opposite to what John, you know, wasn't beheading aliens. Or <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. You know what I mean, so John believes there's something, you know, it's almost like he feels like he's been chosen it's by personal, you know, yeah. targeted by these aliens for some reason. Yeah. So, I want to play another clip from this, this Carrie Cassidy interview, because I think it's it just gives some more perspective. But here's them talking a little bit and kind of walking to where this supposed portal is. There's apparently two, one in the front and one in the back. So she, she walks over there with him, and then they also observe what they claim is uh, strange activity going on in the sky, and then that follows with some photo evidence. So it's like, where's the evidence, John, right? Exactly, well, there's yeah. some photo evidence from the ranch and, you know, let us know what you think about it.
5: The vortex. It's back by the barn.
4: Uh, it's behind the barn. Okay. Behind the tack room.
5: Oh, and did you film the the marks on the dog? So this is uh what yeah, we're talking about. Oh, wow. Jen? Oh, the la- would be a skin disease. Um, he's part lab and part uh, uh, Pyrenees.
7: Oh well oh, Pyrenees, I have a Pyrenees.
5: <laughs> Probably all part of a massive vortex that surrounds the entire prospect. Right. Par- par- well par- and par- see this little But you're thing. gonna have concentrations right. within it. Stronger than others, yes. Did you see that? There it goes again. Yeah, I
7: see it. Whoa. Is that a cloud or a
5: So I'm just looking uh, to see pretty strange what we see out here tonight uh, before we leave.
7: That's a cloud. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, interesting, I guess. That's him, but probably just aircraft from the Air Force Base. Four orbs. Uh, that would be the moon. Through the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Lens flare. Some out of focus shot. Yep. Okay, so here is the photos that were taken at the range by John and various visiting researchers. This Might have to mute this music. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have, uh, some evidence here. What do you think? Oh, whoa! Is it just out of focus pictures, or that one's wild. That's weird. The
0: others I just thought were lens flares, but
7: yeah, that's mm. looks uh. like a miss or something. Don't know what that is.
2: I can add those light links in my those light leaks in my photos too. Yeah, yeah.
7: Whoa! That one's crazy. That's wild looking though. Some more triangular looking craft here. So yeah, there you go. There's uh, some of the evidence. Wow. Uh,
0: Yeah, I don't know. Are you convinced? No.
7: I'm not convinced yet, Austin. Come on, man. This is the most compelling (laughs) story of alien activity on Earth. Okay. So some people have called up John and told him that there's actually a large aquifer under the property that acts as a portal. Other people have even told him that a crashed UFO was buried on the property. But other strange human and partially human visitors have been at the ranch as well. That includes a woman by the name of Dr. Brandy Howe who reached out to John in 2011. Brandy's credentials include a Doctor of Divinity and a Doctor of Naturopathy degree from the Clayton College of Natural Health. Um, So not a doctor. so yeah, Here's what I'm getting. Uh, you want you want to explain this, Julia? This Clayton College, because there's uh, some controversy around it, right?
8: Yeah, it's essentially well, it was a diploma mill, um, and it got shut down. It was like a distance learning thing. that uh, You know, it's just to pay for a degree and just a in, made up
7: you know. organization.
8: <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was known as the most famous quack school in all of natural medicine. Oh wow. <laughs> They were sued for scamming thousands of students in a class action. They were ordered to turn over a 2.31 million settlement to the class members.
6: Good. Um, Yikes.
8: As for the Doctor of Divinity, that is an honorific title given by churches like the Universal Life Church, which ordains ministers for weddings and stuff like that. Um, And the founder of that church said about the Doctor of Divinity that it's, quote, just a piece of paper. So, yes. (laughs) They did not
7: go to medical school (laughs) or have a Ph.D.,
8: Oh, also Brandy um, says that she's been abducted by aliens since the age of four. Um, And she can also talk to animals because of course she can.
7: (laughs) Wow, Impressive. I mean, Doctor of Divinity, that's, I'm impressed, I must say. She also Mm -hmm. explained on the phone that a third party had hired her and wanted her to help on the ranch. She didn't tell John at the time, but this third party was a two-thirds alien, one-third human woman named Cynthia T. Crawford. But we'll get to that later because that's uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah, I hope we get to that later. But this is uh, where shit really starts to get weird, okay? Brandy comes to the house and is joined by, quote unquote, two Syrians. She starts speaking
0: not, not in tongues. Not Syrian. Yeah,
7: let me spell it out for yeah. you like S I R I A N S, not like from Syria, the country. Um, I assume that's from some other. Planet elsewhere in the universe is where these people are from. Uh, but she starts speaking in tongues and they can talk to the horses, they cleanse the home with crystals and love and prayer. They exercise the ghost of the boy who killed himself on the ranch. Um, and then they headed outside. When they go outside there's dark clouds forming over the ranch and Brandy points a sword she brought towards the sky and starts speaking again in tongues. Three bolts of lightning strike her, but she does not jump, flinch, or seem injured damn Man, taking I, uh, three bolts of lightning and holy also shit. of course three bolts right yeah holy Not
2: Trinity. one yeah
7: exactly holy trinity it's always three right there you go and after this moment the ranch all the energy there changes and john and joyce apparently feel more peaceful because this girl just took three bolts <laughs> to the body Joyce has used the names of Jesus Christ to try and rebuke these aliens, and it sometimes works. So Joyce, you know, is involved in, in some way. We just don't have uh, interview clips from her, unfortunately. But John says Joyce has been molested by the aliens, and she's woken up with her thighs so raw that they were bleeding. Oh my oh, god. god, these aliens are truly a, ugh. They need to be be exercised because that's scary to think about. Yeah. John says he has contracted type 2 diabetes and his wife developed a thyroid condition after the attacks from these aliens. They also are covered in scars from injuries caused by the creatures. He says he knows that some alien races are benevolent beings, but he believes that the greys who visit the ranch are in fact malevolent. They see humans as lab rats or even parasites that they can just do, you know, they're there to try to experiment with us and basically fuck with us. Finally, the repeated attacks got so bad that John decided he couldn't take it anymore. He's like, enough is enough. I'm selling the property. But apparently he'd been trying to sell the property for over a decade by 2016. The first record we can find of it going on the market is when it was listed for sale for 25,000 bucks. He's trying and to get rid of He's just like, someone, please take <laughs> it from me. But then by 2014, it went from 25,000 to $1.7 million. What's the, what happened? How that valuation play out. <laughs> That's not going to appraise. Nobody was going to oh, buy man. it for 25,000, so you know what? Sell it for $1. <laughs> 1. 1.7 million. But maybe there's a reason for that.
0: Yeah. Uh the 2 years after that went on sale for 1.7 million. The ranch was featured on the travel channel show, Ghost Adventures. Which Big fans, yeah, man, yeah, huge we're, fans. We're really familiar love, with that.
7: Love those guys. Especially
0: on Lights Out, you know, yeah. Ghost Adventures comes up, sorry, I feel like I'm plugging Lights Out too much. I'm gonna shut my mouth. Yeah, dude, Buck Lights
7: Out, man. This <laughs> is mile higher, man.
0: <laughs> Even Zach Bagans seems skeptical of the story, which is, says a lot, because Zach is very, you know, he's has a very open mind about these things. So, Absolutely. So if he's skeptical, it's it's natural that most of us would be skeptical. John wanted the buyer of the house to be fully aware of the alien activity on the property. He really wanted to make sure that these buyers had seen the Ghost Adventures episode before <laughs> any transaction took place.
7: Which we we watched uh, some of the episode and um, they definitely experienced some things. But I mean, what Ghost Adventures episode do they not experience something? You know right? I mean? yeah. There's always something they capture and. Yeah. Um. That so was, obviously he's like, this is good publicity for, you know, this this ranch I'm trying to sell. For sure, uh, it's on T as featured on TV now.
0: Yeah, you know. and maybe that might I don't know if I I could see it. He's trying to say like, ooh, I want you to know that there's terrible things that happen here. But he also might be using that as a selling point, right? Like, oh, right. there's these crazy things. Take this property, and you might, you know, you could maybe make a buck off of it or something. Well, like and that. I think
7: too, he he really felt like. Having a uh, Ghost Adventures crew out there added legitimacy to his story. True, yeah. You know what I mean? And that they have the most proof of paranormal activity of this property right. out there. Because John doesn't for sure. Yeah. But they had, you know, quite a few different experiences in there right. with the paranormal. So so in
0: 2016, this is when he bumped it even further. <laughs> he put it at 2.5 million. As the property blew up in the media, obviously. The price was raised. Double it, for five million dollars. He thinks he can get out of this property, which is
7: crazy. So much so that he made the the local news here. Here's a here's a wonderful clip.
3: In ranch, it's a one of a kind piece of property that just went up for sale in Buckeye,
0: and its owner says whoever buys it will likely have a lot of unwelcome guests. <laughs> Lauren Reimer went to check it out tonight.
4: We have four bedrooms in the house.
3: This seemingly peaceful Buckeye horse property was recently put on the market.
4: We have a 10-foot-deep diving pool.
3: According to...
4: Forget
0: the aliens. Yeah, we got... You won't
3: find anywhere else.
4: Well, we have two alien portals. We have one in the front and one in the back
3: and through those portals he says they often get otherworldly visitors
4: the greys unfortunately that we have run into in the house and on the property are anything but peaceful right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. to prove it i've killed 19 of them here on the property
3: so after 20 years of defending his property from extraterrestrials
4: they have large, black, bulbous eyes.
3: Edmonds and his wife say it's time to move.
4: It's going to go to somebody that understands the true nature of what's here.
3: The property is listed for $5 million. Its owner says it's going to take a special kind of buyer to take on the amenities that come with it.
4: In a way, we're, we're offering a university. It's a place for teaching. It's a place for learning.
3: I'm Lauren Reimer for Arizona's Family.
4: I want to know what Lauren Reimer thinks
7: going out there she's like really this is where they're sending me today what great selling points though for people he's got two alien portals he slayed 19 aliens yeah, on the property 19 murders on the <laughs> property they're anything but peaceful <laughs> it's gonna take a special kind of family to live here but guys there's a pool but yeah, yes yeah. great <laughs> for cool. kids you can go diving in the pool just be aware of the aliens that are trying to to uh torture you in the process <laughs> of yeah uh, you can imagine how that would, uh, go over. I mean, Matt, I just want to meet his real estate agent. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What, what's, where are you finding the these strategies here? Yeah. Like,
8: <laughs> well, didn't he take some inspiration from Skinwalker ranch?
7: Yeah. Well, and I think Isn't that's really what that? happened here because Skinwalker ranch, you know, I think it's a little different because Skinwalker ranch has a lot more legitimacy to, to its claims and it was owned by uh Robert Bigelow. Um, the big aerospace. He owns Bigelow Aerospace, and he's a very like credible. A lot more credibility there uh, with that particular location than this, for sure. But I know he's trying to, you know, Skinwalker Ranch, Stardust yeah. Ranch. He's trying, trying to, to get the create same. the same, yeah, demand. That makes sense. I guess.
8: Well, but, he hates Bigelow also because he claims that he was going to come buy the property and basically like went back on his deal, oh. and he was like, you know, he bought Skinwalker Ranch for. and then sold it for like 4.5 million, like Mm -hmm. fuck him. And so
7: (laughs) (laughs) he's salty. Yeah,
6: So
0: that's probably where he's getting the number from then 4.5, he thinks he can get about the same. But yeah, John had been trying to sell this place for over 11 years by 2017. And the house struggled to sell obviously for for probably a plethora of, of reasons here. Uh one Facebook post featured an injury John sustained from fighting off a mantis creature. Oh shit. And he captioned it, "This is why I want to move."
7: What the hell? He's got like a gash in his back of his leg. Yeah, that's uh, with with little add the any... mantis arms were like like. <laughs> yeah.
0: Does he add any context to this injury?
8: Um I guess he There's... says, "Yeah, it was a, it was a mantis" Accident. So now the mantis are
7: coming through. Jesus, man. Yeah. I I'm not buying that property. <laughs> yes. I'm not fucking with the mantis <laughs> yeah. aliens, dude. Those guys are those guys are something else. Like
2: his injury kind of looks like um he just took a really fat nap on like a Snickers bar. Or <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, true. where it leaves yeah. an impression. Yeah. yeah. It's a
7: bed Because there's no like
2: there's no cut. No,
7: it doesn't look like there's any like scab or... it looks like an indention. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's definitely some scars on the back of his leg, but that could just be like I mean we all have scars like that from just like walking into shit. well he also had battles with 19 aliens that's so. true he's he's a warrior yeah he's been through a few
8: well i mean he works on a farm and he has eight dogs i'd imagine yeah, oh, yeah
6: that's true yeah. maybe
7: you know those dogs are jumping on him, and you know
2: no it was the mantis
7: <laughs> it was the mantis you're right but john has published one or two books about his experiences and teased a third book the first book, Stardust Ranch, The Incredible True Story, was published in early 2020. And the second book, Ascension Code, was published shortly after. Which, Julia, you you read one of these yes. for this episode. <laughs> I How was book. it?
8: Um, well, after I read the 300-page book, I kind of felt like someone took my brain and microwaved it a few times. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Sign of a gray great high. novel. <laughs>
8: yeah, it was uh, certainly something.
7: Did it seem like it was written by him?
8: He had a co-author <laughs> uh, who... Seems like they are kind of on the same wavelength.
7: Well, I would imagine yeah. whoever is writing this with him has to be a can be a skeptic. Yeah, for sure. as kooky. Yep. Yeah. So John spends most of the book detailing his experiences at the ranch. However, the last three chapters are lengthy explanations of John's personal philosophy. He talks about why he thinks aliens visited him, what they are, and why they exist. Here's the long and short of it. There are extra dimensions and multiple species of extra dimensional beings, some evil and some good. Which I mean, I tend board. to agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely, the evil beings that are the main concern are, of course, the bi-dimensional evil reptilians who can take on human forms and create misery in our world to feed off of. You see, these reptiles want to feed off of our energy because humans are created with rich emotions and creativity that puts us closer to the creator of all things. They want to feed off of us to get closer to the creator. That, and they're using our bodies and energy as a part of a proxy war with different extra-dimensional beings. Essentially, they make our lives miserable because they have become increasingly addicted to this energy since the 20th century and the Industrial Revolution. They're addicted to our suffering in the same way a human can get addicted to crack. These reptiles have been able to do this thanks to a literal deal with the devil some humans in the past have made with them. John calls this consent, and this consent allow them to take on human forms, and manipulate us to this day. According
0: to John, government programs like universal health care, child protection, welfare, and social services do nothing for the people because compassion can only come from people, not institutions. Okay, John. So they quote, never correct the problem. I don't even want to open that can of worms. <laughs> So why do we keep buying in then? Because we have been unknowingly manipulated into consenting to them by reptiles. You see, and here it is. Most of the world's most
7: powerful people
0: are actually reptiles disguised as humans.
7: Amen, brother. Amen.
0: This includes world leaders, powerful businessmen, and Will Smith.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Among other Hollywood celebrities.
0: Yes. Uh, supposedly as the theory goes, he says they control the information we receive. Essentially, they control the narrative. The entire human race is fed. They do this through information channels like the damned entertainment industry.
7: That's us always trying to corrupt us, man,
0: (laughs) or news media. They tell us the what, how, and why to think through institutions like the government and they control us through their global financial system. I mean, I think we've heard all these
7: theories. That's the thing is nothing he's before. stating here is new. Yeah. It's all a mishmash. It's regurgitated, um, conspiracy theories from that have been around for forever. Yeah. Basically
0: like reptile people. He's kind of, yeah, yeah, he's like him.
7: weaving in conspiracy theories with also like metaphysical new age yeah, concepts. And exactly. Things like that, which, which I hate because I think there's, there's some nuggets in here, uh, of, of truth and nuggets of, uh, being on the right path potentially, but then it's just like woven in with all this, like yeah. just misinformation and it's a short dangerous, dangerous conspiracies. He,
0: he goes on to elaborate this cosmic law requires that these things must be disclosed. Essentially this law to which all things in all dimensions are bound through creation necessitates that reptiles make their presence known to us, but it doesn't have to be a hundred percent explicit. Religion is a disclosure method, which is why Satan was invented. Hmm. okay, <laughs> lots to unpack there. okay. so now let's talk about the
7: Catholic
6: Church
0: I was I was, I was gonna th-
7: say I was you know better than I do yeah, so. I
0: was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I know Julia was raised Catholic yeah uh, so let's talk about it. <laughs> according to John, the Catholic Church and the Vatican is quote. The most reptilian-centric organization <laughs> on the planet right now.
7: Which don't get me wrong, there's a lot of evil in the, in Catholic the Vatican, hundred percent.
0: One is it
7: reptilian? That's another, <laughs> yeah. another thing. But
0: it's uh, uh yeah. I mean, I have my own personal gripes about the Catholic Church and its organization. But yeah, to call it reptilian, bold claim to illustrate the point about disclosure and the Vatican. John asks the readers to consider the Paul. The sixth audience hall in Rome. So this hall contains the large sculpture called the Resurrection, which was created in 1977. The artist was Pericle Pezzini Not bad. <laughs>
7: not bad. It's probably horrible, but not bad for you. <laughs> but this sculpture's honestly wild. It's to incredible. Me. It's really bizarre. And to see the Pope sitting in front of it, I don't know. It is kind of eerie to look at. At least from from my perspective, but what is this? That's that is badass. This is Jesus. He's I yeah. apparently he's ascending from the a nuclear creator or crater in the garden.
0: Yeah,
8: Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, Gethsemane? so mm. this is I think where he was tortured before he was crucified. Ah, uh, in Jerusalem.
7: Okay, and if you
0: note, know, there's a serpent like roof design and the suffering of the humans in the sculpture. Uh, if you could see, it's a very massive, elaborate sculpture, though.
8: Um, the roof designs in the next page, if you want to see it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. Regardless, whatever uh, context it's being created in, but that's visually stunning. John goes on to elaborate those still under the spell of Catholicism believe this sculpture shows the struggle of humanity against the serpent in the garden, which. If you know the Bible, that's uh, Adam and Eve. The fundamental battle of good versus evil, essentially. And the triumph over evil by the Lord, our creator. So, does that sound like a good explanation? Well, you know what? No. It's fucking (laughs) not. Wake up, sheeple. John asks, why would the Vatican choose to put art depicting human suffering in the Vatican? Why not show something totally triumphant?
8: What kind of question is that?
7: Yeah, like, yeah right? Why what does aren't he want? Pretty?
8: Why can't we just pretend that suffering doesn't exist? And you know? It,
7: He wants like Jesus in a coat of armor with a sword. He like, wants the last suffering. into. Yeah. The last yeah. suffering. <laughs> it yeah, yeah.
0: It's like Jesus in the Crusades somehow. Yeah.
7: yeah some shit like Cutting that. down gray aliens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. The architecture is very, it's very cool. I mean, it's, it, I understand why people think it looks kind of reptilian. I must say. And. Don't call me a conspiracy theorist, but like the two circular windows and then it almost looks like scales on the ceiling. I mean, I can kind of see where you where you can draw that comparison from. It does look like eyes and kind of like scaly skin. But does it prove that it's a bunch of reptilians uh, living there? I don't know. So this to John is an example of reptilian disclosure. And it's just one of the many examples that show the Catholic Church is totally reptilian. John describes the characteristics of reptilian culture as, quote, horror, terror, rape, murder, pedophilia, and the chemical harvesting of the human body that has been terrorized. And I think many of you know what that is. The energy they harvest is known by the names like chi, prana, organ, or ether. John claims that this energy is stolen from humans by sexual assault. He also says the energy is particularly undiluted in children, specifically Prepubescent boys, which I'm not going to go any further on that because that gets us in trouble. um So now you can probably see where John is going with all this. I mean, he starts talking about gate in this book, Hillary Clinton, Satanism, occult rituals, <laughs> black magic, and among other stuff uh, that will also get us in trouble online. He's, sounds like he's in the pipeline. He's deep down the rabbit hole there. Absolutely. If you remember Cynthia Crawford, who paid Brandy is a hybrid reptilian human produced in the OSS days by reptilian hybrid birthing program. Her blood is one-third one alien species, one-third another alien species, and one-third human. So she's just a total experiment, I guess. This was part of a project Cynthia's father, an OSS officer, collaborated on with uh, the Germans from World War II. According to John, uh, these Germans were so far advanced in their space program that they are actually creating UFOs with help from other aliens, and they have an alliance with the Draco reptilians from the Draco galaxy. So basically, you know the story we've covered here on Mile High before. Uh, you know those Germans didn't lose the war; they just ended up packing up everything and moving to Antarctica. And they're still their whole party's still there, living, alive and well today.
8: Can we not say that word? No, really,
7: no. I don't want to risk it. It's caused issues before. Can I even say? <laughs> uh bleep that too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just for yeah, it's gotten.
8: Yeah. Damn, that's insane. It is. You yeah, can't, so YouTube the is super fuck? sensory. Can't yeah. say
7: n- <gasps> can't say c- can't say <gasps> Any of that. Shit. That's so
8: shitty. You can't even acknowledge that n- <gasps> fucking existed. Yeah,
7: like, no we every time, time we've done it on lights out. It's always been an issue
8: That's so weird.
7: Yeah, I know John said he asked the good aliens who visited the ranch Why they allowed this evil to happen and basically his explanation was this these aliens are multi-dimensional beings who know that humanity will eventually return to its higher spiritual form so, so they're like godlike observers who don't fight on their behalf. Rather, they visit to try and tell humanity something. So that, yeah, that's how he kind of sums it up.
2: I wonder how he knows the difference between the good aliens and the bad aliens. Like, are they like around the, the, the campfire? Like, you're good, you're bad. Like, how do they...
7: I think you know a I mean? lot of it's based on species uh, determining whether they're malevolent or benevolent. Right. That's my understanding is like... the. Uh, praying mantis aliens are some of the worst, right? Some of the most evil, but then there's also other aliens like the Nordics and um, tall whites, as they're called, and there's other species that are here to help us ascend to a higher dimension, a higher spiritual plane. So, I think a lot of it is not necessarily like specific to the individual alien, but it's racial, yeah. That's the way I understand say, it. That's that's so that's how he knows, you... is like there's good aliens that appear to people, and they're usually white. I would say, yeah, White that, that's, feelings, not, that's which, not problematic, yeah. uh, at, all. Right. Yeah. problematic yeah, at all. That's not problematic at all. That's That was the
0: undertone of this
7: whole thing that I was
0: getting to. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, so in 2021, John suffered a burst aorta and that left him in the ICU and hospitalized for many months. He spent a lot of time in critical condition and he couldn't even walk. Joyce had put most of their money into keeping him alive and of course, with the cost of the insane healthcare system in the U.S., This put her behind on their mortgage payments. On Facebook, he wrote that he suspected aliens could have been involved in his sudden health condition. John Edmonds eventually passed away on February 27th, 2022 in the hospital at the age of 62, which really isn't that old. And after his passing, the Stardust Ranch was facing foreclosure. One of Joyce's friends organized a GoFundMe to try and help her out, but the property was eventually foreclosed on Uh, According to public records, it was bought in 2022 for around $720,000, and it was sold again in 2023, I think for a little bit less than that. Let's pull up
7: the Zillow listing real quick so we can just take a look inside and see if we feel like it's worth the money. Five million? Yeah. It's a five million property. (laughs) All right. So. We got a front view. Uh, the dirt yard definitely need some landscaping. <laughs> yeah, uh, it sold
2: for six hundred eighty. Uh, it sold for six hundred eighty-four thousand dollars. Okay,
7: yeah, that's um, still like it's a big chunk of change. A big chunk of change.
8: So this is the interior.
7: All right, All right. beautiful. Tear those carpets out. Yeah, definitely need yeah. new carpet. Uh, I don't know what the stains are. It's, that dog poop, you think, or it's, it's, where, the it's where the aliens die? <laughs> <It's the> alien <laughs> blood, like. Oh. Ooh, god. Yeah, you got to rip out all that drywall. Oh, my God. Yeah, this thing needs to be gutted, probably. They
8: just need to tear it down. Demolish (laughs) it. All these photos, it looks like there's a huge mold problem.
7: Yeah. That is a big kitchen. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a pretty big house. Yeah.
2: Six beds, three bath. Yeah. 3,000. Oh, that's a nice tub. I'd
7: take a soak in there. Yeah, it looks like a few battles raged on in there for sure. For sure, I'm honestly surprised there's not more holes in the drywall with all the bat swinging and, <laughs> and samurai swords, sword swinging. Yeah, like, and that bullocks going on everywhere. Yeah.
6: Okay, I mean so it's, an, it's a nice
0: property, but I God, I wouldn't buy it for
7: that much. Ooh, yeah, um, I don't know what that is. Ooh, that looks like a prison cell.
8: I feel like the vibe was uneasy. It's like no shit. <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck is, is
6: like
7: this? we never remodeled. <laughs> oh man. Oh, there you so, go. So,
6: yeah,
8: it looks a potential land, yeah. a
7: fixer upper. Fixer upper, but definitely have room for animals. It looks like the mountains are nice nice view there. Oh yeah, that yeah, is it's a pretty. nice view. It's pretty. I want to go interview his neighbors. I want to hear what the neighbors heard over there. Cause you gotta imagine. Oh, those. they're those. really not that far. No, Wait, were not. those? Was that yeah. like across the street or yeah. something? Yeah, it's like just an area with like 10 acre lots, oh. I believe. And so their neighbors aren't that far away. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. I it's believe they've chopped but... up
8: some of these lots too and sold them off in smaller parts. Oh, interesting, yeah. okay. I think that's what they're doing with this property as well.
7: I mean, the neighbors were like holding out hope that he'd sell it for five mil. They'd be like, that drives that's, all the property up, big yeah. time. Yeah, so there it close. is. The the infamous Stardust Ranch, man. It's at the end of the day, area. I mean,
2: it's a nice piece of land. Yeah, yeah.
7: Maybe there is a paranormal portal vortex. I mean, that looks pretty close on. to like yeah
8: civilization. Yeah, and I know it's been developed a lot, a lot more in recent compared years. compared to like yeah. when he yeah. first
7: moved there and yeah. stuff. I'm sure it's totally different. But I mean, what do we think at the end of the day? What do we think about John Edmonds? You think? What do you think of his story? I know you're a true believer over there. <laughs> yeah. It's all
0: real. Those aliens, they're somewhere around that property. No, I don't, I don't know. It's, I, uh, yeah, I struggle with these stories because he even claims, like, oh, I really wanted to start documenting to make sure that I wasn't yeah. losing my mind or something. I wanted to make sure this was on paper, that we had photographs. And then he's just claiming, like, I, what he couldn't get a picture of the bodies. There's always
7: that and i'm like you think the head trauma plays into this I, that there's some underlying medical conditions that could be causing hallucinations that's or, the
0: path i'm going to follow i think there's maybe a little bit more
7: mental health stuff going on behind the scenes here uh what is he cutting up with his samurai sword then air but there's blood on the ground so what is he cutting with his sword his finger <laughs> I, I hope know. to god it was never like hurting his own animals that oh was my yeah worry. like that i awful. i hope that because i started getting the feeling that what if he was so committed to making stardust ranch be this like paranormal you know hot spot that he's he started willing to his abuse his own animals, animals Damn, to, to that, make that happen that is it concerns yeah. me especially the dogs and seeing the which I mean, based on how filthy that place is, I wouldn't be surprised if his dogs are all in need of vet yeah, care and mange, yeah. and just have different skin diseases going on or whatever. Yeah. But I hope that the blood from the samurai sword is not an animal that he he killed, yeah. because it's like it's either that, or maybe he just poured chicken blood or something like. I mean, maybe it was like something Staged like that, it like that. Yeah,
8: it could have been him. You know, he's like, oh, I have all these scars from the attacks. Like maybe. It's blood from, it's like self-inflicted.
7: True. That's another point. Maybe you did. It's, I mean, that's, yeah. I would hope it's nothing. I would hope not. But I hope for the sake of John and his wife that this was all real and that this was aliens that were malevolent trying to attack him and his family and he was only defending himself. Isn't isn't that strange how best case scenario is that this (laughs) is all real? Yeah, that is the best case scenario. Is that the best case?
8: because there's reptiles and shit that are like controlling the world
7: well julia no, i think it's you know, the best case for what are the, we going to do about that
0: <laughs> i think it's the best case for them right like in the reality of things because otherwise our theories might be true that they're harming animals or yeah, yeah, doing yeah. these malicious things and this household was actually just super toxic and we have a potentially mentally unstable man with in our Fire opinion, arms by and, the way yeah yeah in our opinion no, this allegedly is, yes this is yeah <laughs> to cover our bases here um so that outcome is kind of sadder and more depressing than their aliens actually existed and this guy was actually a hero chopping down these crazy gray aliens
2: i wonder what happened with joyce like i wonder if she i don't it doesn't seem like she's ever you know, spoken up about any of this or really given her experience with
7: any yeah, of this. nothing that we could
8: find. Um, really, she's talked about it a little bit at the end of the book. Yeah. And I know that she was in the Ghost Adventures episode, but they changed her voice. But
2: she's like in the book, she's referred to by full name and everything.
7: Mm, interesting.
2: Yeah, I wonder, but I want to know like her whole experience with this because I mean, obviously they lived it together. Yeah, and yeah. I think
7: it'd be very telling to hear from her. I mean, why not release a book on your own? and tell like the real story at this point what do you have to lose at this point but True. maybe i mean i don't know what the relationship was like maybe she doesn't want to do that to her husband and yeah. she stands by him and everything that happened and you know a lot of this it is what it is like
8: oh this happened when you were sleeping and it's like related to her by john and she's like yeah i don't have any memory
7: right mm. right
8: i know that in the the book at the end she talked about how she like tried talking to her family about it and um they were like i think you need to be going to like a psychiatric facility for a little bit and she was like no like
7: well john's a psychiatric counselor so she's good she's covered (laughs) which is very interesting to me and the the major spin for me is like here's a guy that went to went to school to to work on mental health issues and it seems very possible that he's suffering from some mental health issues. Yeah. And
0: I mean, there is that stereotype that people that want to get into psychiatry and stuff, maybe do it for self-reflection mm-hmm. or so. Obviously, you know, that they, they'd like to help others, but also maybe to figure out what's going on with them as well. Uh,
7: and just based off of our experience and researching a bunch of different paranormal cases, there's kind of an underlying theme yeah, that runs between them. For sure. We've seen that quite a lot with like a lot of, Bold claims, a lot of crazy shit going on. Yeah,
0: and even people, uh, what is it, Folly Do we've seen mm-hmm. that people that will just back up and reinforce the claims of someone who's yeah, possibly maybe going that's what's something. going on here. Yeah.
7: So at the end of the day, what really happened at Stardust Ranch, I think, will forever be a, a true mystery until, I guess, his wife does a tell-all and uh, we get the get the the real truth here. But. I don't know, it's it's hard because I do, do think that there's always a possibility that, with any paranormal case, I think there's always a possibility that there's some truth to it, and then people take that and they run with it, and then they start making things happen for them and start exaggerating the actual, because it's like it starts off so normal for like a paranormal story, right? It's like things moved and you know, there's knocking and stuff like poltergeist activity, basically, yeah. which a lot of people experience poltergeist activity. but then it just escalates Ex- to very rapidly. Yeah, yeah, to like
0: now they're interdimensional beings of all different kinds. There's mantis creatures, there's grays, you know it, it's you can see the trajectory of of how
7: off the rails this story kind of gets. And I think the other thing that's different from this to Skinwalker Ranch is Skinwalker Ranch is very, very, very remote. You know what i mean it's it's in a it's not surrounded by other people living in the vicinity or remotely close to it like and it's gated off like it's a very private area in a very remote part of utah and so this for me i'm like if there truly was this much paranormal activity there's this much ufo alien activity going on there's beings being slayed in the yard yeah (laughs) like
0: those neighbors. Na- I didn't realize there would be how reports close. Yeah. You know what I
7: mean? And like I would imagine that police would have been called out to his house. There would be records of, of police contact with him, which maybe there is. I don't know. We, You know, there's not really an easy way to check. But I would think that there would be some more additional news coverage. You know, over the years, there would have been more coming out yeah. about what was happening. And it also seems like a lot of the battles and things that happened happened when Joyce was gone and at work in yeah. John's home alone when shit hits the fan conveniently yeah you know what I mean so it's yeah I think there's some some truth there but I think a lot of it is uh probably in the mind of, of John Edmonds yeah that seems to be the underlying story here what do you think Julia is that where you kind of or are you just
8: yeah I think it's probably a combination of maybe some mental health issues with you know a grain of truth maybe you saw something at the beginning like you guys said and it kind of spirals out and I think maybe a little bit of a grift when it comes to the raising of the price of the home yeah. and the whole Bigelow thing. So um yeah that's kind of my take on on the whole thing.
7: Well yeah. Rest in peace, John Edmonds. Yeah. What a what a crazy story. And, you know, I think I don't think it's been torn down yet. So people uh I think you can still drive by it. The the address is out there. James, uh I think he his family Lives uh, fairly close to this location, so he's going to go home for Thanksgiving and go check it out. Go check it out for us, yeah. and maybe bring us back some photos. See if it's Which still there. Maybe uh, sneak on the property. No, actually, I shouldn't say that on air. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, get some evidence for us. Maybe uh, do some UFO watching while you're there. But yeah, we're going to go and wrap up today's episode there. Thank you to austin for joining us hey man it was a pleasure it was fun it big
0: was shoes a- to fill here yeah, yeah i'm sorry if i annoyed anybody <laughs> any of our consistent listeners here on mile higher
7: i think luckily and you and i have a similar cadence to how we speak and i so i don't think it's like a dramatic change okay yeah so i think people just feel like there's like two of me here okay which All is right. good slightly different but um kind of similar so nice. but yeah i know it's fun to kind of do an episode that's very much a og mile higher type show and you know also goes into our lights out realm yeah paranormal so i think it was a perfect perfect topic for yeah, today this was a
0: this was a good one and thank you julia for all the yeah. info thanks yeah. for reading the 300 yeah
7: book <laughs> on this. now of please course. go flush your brain <laughs> <Yeah>. you <just laughs> read, uh on our on our break here but we're gonna go ahead and leave you guys there today let us know your thoughts on stardust ranch below and we'll see you guys next week Till then, keep taking your mind a mile
1: higher.